Robins at the Gate with Sky Sports and Five Lives Michelle Owen. With Who Knows Wins, this is not betting as you know it. Put your money where your mates are. Playing is easy. Make your predictions on the outcomes of your chosen fixtures. For every result you predict correctly, you get a point in your league. At the end of the competition, whoever's got the most points wins and proves their top dog. Choose your own entry fee, however substantial or small, and split the winner's pot as you see fit. Who Knows Wins. Download the app now and start playing. Welcome along to Robins at the Gate with myself, Michelle Owen and Gregor McGregor. No game to reflect on because it was postponed due to COVID. Uh, disappointing for Bristol City fans and Brentford fans alike. We'll be talking about Bristol City and the COVID situation. Um, at the time of recording, we haven't yet heard from Dean Holden, but we'll be clearer on what's going on later today. We'll talk about the transfer market and the loan recalls. There's been a few of those with records across it all. And we'll preview... All being well, the game against Portsmouth in the FA Cup at the weekend. Uh, hey, Gregor, great to speak to you. Um, and we're in lockdown again across across the UK now, aren't we? And it's pretty rubbish for everyone. How vital do you think it is that football is continuing where it can at the moment? I think it's a vital morale booster, a bit like they used in the la- in the first lockdown, um, just basically to give people entertainment, that little bit of normality, and and maybe try and take their minds off. That things are a little bit abnormal at the moment, and we're all stuck at home. But but yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a difficult one because at the same time, I guess you you don't want to be sending out the wrong messages or anything. But then, and we'll know this from going to matches. It, it is so well policed at, at yeah. games, and like for example, my wife sometimes worries about me going to tier four areas to cover matches. But I always do say to her that actually the way it's policed, and you you have to obviously fill out so many questionnaires, you have your temperature taken, you it's self policed. But then it's also virtual press conferences and everything, so you're kept well away from everybody. It's all socially distanced. Then um, then that does sort of factor in and and. and make it well, is helping it to keep running yeah absolutely I think sort of in terms of, of the press and I absolutely understand why your wife's concerned because I, I worry about going to places you know we don't go anywhere we try and get an online shop if we can and, and my social outings now are going to work I look forward to going to work at the moment because luckily for you and I it's a break from it all but I'm back in the studio this week on, on Quest so I'm back inside for a couple of weeks which I'm actually quite nervous about because I've spent the last month being back outside and I feel far more comfortable being at a stadium and like you say I think we're quite lucky and I, I know most people haven't had an insight into this but like you say temperature checked and it's pretty much all outside as well like you don't really ever go inside so you do feel a bit safer in that respect and most people keep their masks on and, and keep distanced as well so we are lucky but football is a different beast for the players they're literally in close contact every day and the game was off against Brentford now I want to clear something up with you Gregor the game was off. Was this due to positive COVID tests or due to symptoms? Because a lot of stories have been doing the rounds and it was called off when some Bristol City players were showing symptoms. Had they tested positive at that point? Not to our knowledge, no. And I'm pretty sure that's what the club statement says. So I think they needed the test to make, sh- well, to see if they were positive yeah. and take it, and, and then take it from there. And the other, the other thing, of course, is that with some people being asymptomatic, you just don't know how far or how many people were otherwise affected. And I think we're going to come on to this, but it's a bit odd that sort of there's been two almost outbreaks now of COVID in the camp. But yeah, in terms of Sunday's game, or sorry, Saturday's game against Brentford, they, they just couldn't 
be sure, could they? And people have said about the testing lab and why they couldn't get that operational on New Year's Day. Well, that was appointed by the, well, chosen by the EFL mm. league appointed. So it wasn't so much to do with Bristol City that. So that fault, I think there's yeah. A, yeah. no, I think there's a few questions to be asked um, of the way it's been handled by the EFL, not just Bristol City, I should point out. I think generally, because they haven't really been testing players, have they? It's, oh, it's all I, been self police. It's all been, yeah, if you show symptoms, which just seems crazy uh, given the, the last few months. I know they're changing that now. I'm sure you'll, you'll, you'll come on to it. Yeah, so like you said, that, that they were due to play Saturday. They couldn't get the test done on New Year's Day. We've, we're fairly sure, we're waiting for confirmation of how many positive tests, aren't we? But they were fairly sure that the players were symptomatic. Before we come on to the testing situation, as we just said before we started recording, Gregor, I think it's a bit of a concern, but we might see it happening more now with this new strain. So they say that Bristol City have had an outbreak potentially twice and in the space of eight weeks. You know, it's, it's not great. It's not a great look for the club either, because I know clubs are very keen to say they're following protocols. As of this morning, Bournemouth have said what they're doing is going back to the first lockdown way of working. So players literally aren't allowed inside. They take their food away. They don't eat together. All they do is turn up to the training pitch and train there. So is there something to be said now that that clubs should be doing that? They shouldn't be mixing inside. They shouldn't be using the gyms. They should be doing that stuff at home because it's worse than ever at the moment. And Bristol City have fallen foul of it again. Yeah, I, I actually think the clubs and the EFL have been a, a little bit complacent on this. And uh, I say this from because I, I know speaking to fans that some of the Bristol City players, for example, have been using public gyms across um, the Christmas period. They've been mm-hmm. sitting there, they've spoken to people. And that's, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that ordinarily. But in these times, it just seems a little bit short-sighted. So I'm sure that will be put a stop to. And as you say, yeah, there's going to be stricter rules. I believe it's going to be the same pretty much across all clubs. That, yeah, as you say, they've now got to um, uh, be socially distanced in gyms and it's going to be carefully monitored. And, yeah, they turn up in their kit, as you say. And, yeah, the mandatory testing starts again this week, doesn't it, ahead of the... Uh, FA Cup third round and I believe well part of that is because the Premier League clubs are testing aren't they and you don't it's, it's the Leighton Orient situation against Tottenham that you don't want to turn up against a, a club who then infect your players so we, we've had a little bit of a taster possibly um, with the Luton Town game which was wow. obviously called off last week as well which is I, uh, and there was that picture I'm sure you've seen it on social media Michelle of the the both teams linking arms at, and standing shoulder to shoulder yeah. at Kenilworth Road and I suppose maybe are we been a bit a little, little bit harsh here and maybe in hindsight it's easy to say now when things have not gone well but but yeah and then again those guys are well I was going to say are being tested but but not so much at the moment no, so maybe maybe yeah, yeah. I, I, I get why they have photos like that and things, but I remember when football came back originally, the football governing bodies were like, you can't even celebrate together. Don't slap hands. Don't do this. Don't do that. And I mean, that was never realistic, but it's so, it's become so lax 
it's become so lax and and there was all this thing all these things about not being in changing rooms for too long and, and I would like to think most clubs have stuck to that but if you're going to go out with a, another team and link arms and, and be in close proximity like that I mean it was it wasn't for long though so you sort of feel oh well maybe it was okay because we've been told so much stuff it's hard to know what to get your head around but there's something to be said that Luton's game was off and so was Bristol City's and they played each other I, I do think when they play each other that there is some sort of transmission going on there and that's why games have, have been postponed. But I agree with you. I cannot believe that we are seeing an awful amount of cases a day in the UK and only now is testing mandatory. Because I said this a few months ago and I think I put a tweet out and people were like, no, no, they are testing, they are. I was like, no, they're not. And we knew that they weren't because we were speaking to managers, we were speaking to clubs and they were saying, no, we don't have to test. The FL said testing is not mandatory. Some clubs still were out of their own pockets, but that's what it's brought down to at the end of the day, isn't it, Gregor? They haven't wanted to test because it's been too expensive. And I can get that for League One and League Two clubs that are on the brink without the fans. But, you know, championship clubs where the players are on... It's, it's very easy to sit here and say this, but where the players are on thousands of pounds a week, okay... And, and when you break down the cost of a COVID test, I think the more expensive end is, is just over £100 or something, roughly that. And I think they might be able to do them for less than that. But would you not just dip into your quite sizable wages and do that to be safe, to keep your family safe? Like, Why has no one had that conversation up until now? Yeah, good point. And I think a large part of it has been discussing who picks up that tab. And I think the PFA have maybe stepped in um, and maybe they should step in, uh, but somebody definitely should because you, you're absolutely right. It sort of goes back to the first lockdown and and, and why should those guys play and and, and jeopardise their health to an extent mm-hmm. um, because COVID does affect so many people and even younger people and have a, a longer effect. Um, I remember Dean Holden saying recently that some of the guys in the camp, uh, some of the guys who suffered from COVID when they had the outbreak over international break had really taken... A bit of time to to get to get back to their normal selves, and these are elite athletes. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, and it's still affecting them. It's it, it is a virus. It's a dangerous virus. We all know this, and yeah, these guys should be tested if, if we're going to make them carry on playing football. So, yeah, going back to the looting game, I just <laughs> if they're going to be playing and in close contact, there's going to be transmission. And yeah, you're right. They, they they just have to be tested. I just find it unbelievable, as you say, that it's taken up until now to for that to happen. But on the positive, I, and actually, to be honest, from the EFL, and I have spoken to the EFL about this, from their point of view, they have argued that the number of cases has meant that they haven't had to do that kind of testing. I know that they did review it, to be fair to them, mm. and, it, and it was something they've discussed. But they just felt that, that um, at the time, there weren't, um, games being called off as much um, or, or enough cases for it to, to be justifiable. But I, I think slowly that has turned out to be, not be the case. I just wonder what we're going to see this week as well, because this was always scheduled to be a mandatory round of testing. But, you know, we, we believe that from now they're going to be doing regular testing either bi-weekly Absolutely. And, and, and that's so needed. But what are we going to see this week? You know, I'm, I'm just waiting. Yeah. I'm looking at my inbox and, I'm, you know, I was due, well, before... Before doing Quest, I was going to be at a game. I know it's FA Cup, but I was due at a game. I'm looking at a game. Is that game going to be off? Are we going to have loads of games off? Are we even going to have a show on Quest this weekend? You know, that's, that's what, that is what I'm thinking. What's going to happen with the FA Cup? And, and then, you know, where, 
I think we're going to be in the situation because we have not seen results from EFL clubs for so long. And if you look at, oh, how many were there in the Premier League? Was it 40 this week? 40 positives? Yes, yeah, 40, yeah. They're better equipped to deal with it. So 40 across 20 teams. So the other 72 teams, you know, you don't want to guess, but you'd think it might be quite a substantial number to affect games this weekend, wouldn't you? Definitely, and it's worrying. I've seen the stories from um, the reports about the FA really wanting to push on with games and saying that teams might have to forfeit matches if they can't get 14 players together. So it's going to be very interesting to see for sure. And obviously, we've already seen Derby County and Sheffield Wednesday run into problems this week, as well as Bristol City and Luton. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting watch, that's for sure. There was talk when Sam Allardyce, like we said last week, came back into football of a two-week circuit breaker, but that's not going to do anything, as, as we said. Is, is there a danger that football might be stopped for longer? I think a lot will depend on what happens this weekend. I'm, I, don't think, I don't think we will, just from what I've seen from people at the top of the game saying that basically if you stand the players down now then you're going to have to bring them back up to fitness at some point. In effect, there's no point standing them down now for like two weeks or something. You Mm -hmm. then need to give them another two weeks to get back up to fitness. You then look at a month. Where does that month come from? That's Mm -hmm. a huge question for FIFA. Um, And and obviously, when you've got Euro 2020 bookending the end of the season, um, which everything has got to be finished by, it's just not going to happen. So unless we want to have um, the most ridiculous of fixture pileups at the end of the season... Um, which again is another health concern for the players, um, being forcing them to play sort of Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, possibly. Then, then yeah, I, I just don't see it happening. I, I, the only thing I would say is, unless this weekend really turns to carnage in terms of players out, then then it might be revisited. But as it stands, I, I think it would just be kept going as it is. Yeah, and let's move away from COVID for for a bit then. Um, there has been some recalls because Bristol City, never mind COVID, have been injury hit this season big time. You've been keeping on who is back uh, this uh, this past week. It's been busy, hasn't it? It has. I'm kind of hoping I can remember them all now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yesterday, obviously, Casey Palmer came back. And we remember we tipped him a couple of weeks ago to come back. And... Oh, yeah. I, I, can I just say something on Casey Palmer? He, I watched him last Wednesday play for Swansea. He came on. Uh, quite late and I thought okay let's see let's see what he can do you know maybe he'll come on put a bit of razzmatazz into this game it was nil-nil it's a bit of a dull one well it wasn't a bad nil-nil but you know it's against Reading and it was one where you know you want to come on have an impact perfect opportunity he came on and the first thing he did was play a square ball and give it straight to Reading and I was like oh <laughs> and look you know we, we know he's more, more than capable of, of things like that but he's back is he, like I said to you last week, I mean, is he going to play a big part? You said no last week. I think I think the likes of Hakeem Adelikan could play a bigger part than Casey Palmer at this moment in time. Yeah, possibly. I think uh, things have changed a little bit because obviously Chris Brunt has been released, hasn't he? Which is just, it's really unfortunate for, for Brunt. And he That's the end of his career, car. isn't it? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I've seen, I've seen some of the guys at sort of Midlands way who probably know a bit better than me. They've, I think they've said that he's going to assess things at the end of the, the season. But you're right, it could well be, what is he, 35, I think? Mm. Or is he 36 now? So, yeah, possible chance of that. But, 
yeah, bad calf tear in in the Rotherham game, and it's it's resulted yeah. in we, we reported three months is. out. Thirty six. Thirty six. There you go. Yeah, and and yeah, they, fair play to him because I'm sure that the deal they'll have agreed for him to mutually um, terminate his contract will have saved the club a, a, a bit of wages. I'm sure they will have done some kind of deal there. And so that that's to be commended from him. But it does mean that there's one less person in midfield there now, which is another reason to bring back Palmer. I, I do think he's going to get a fair few starts. And obviously the, the writing was on the wall for Casey at the weekend when Morgan Gibbs-White came back from injury, as, as we'd said, and, and he came straight off the bench, didn't he, ahead of Palmer. Mm-hmm. So, so that kind of showed where he was in the beckon order there. I, I think it's always, always going to be the case he came back for... First team chances. I know Dean Holden has been in contact with him and, and still believes in him. I think it was just a case at the beginning of the season that there were too many people there. So I, I still think Palmer can play a part this season and, and he has got the ability. I do think with players coming off the bench, we do see this a lot, that it's very difficult to find your rhythm just to come off on, come in at 60 minutes and, and then immediately um, grab a game by the scuff of the neck. Doesn't always yeah, happen. Yeah, that's a fair point. So... And, and I think when you get regular starts, you, you really find that match sharpness. You're really able to, to get the correct weight of passes and things like that and, and pick up the speed of the game a little bit better. So I'm hopeful that he can have a, a big impact. And the other guys, yeah, as you said, Haki Videlkin, he scored, didn't he, at the weekend against Charlton? So mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just oh, hit a bit yeah. of form recently. Yeah, well, wasn't sure if he was going to come back actually, but but obviously Bristol City have decided that he can add something. And with Marley Watkins back as well, who's come back from Aberdeen, unfortunately he's injured until February March time though with a hamstring injury. But that does give um, Bristol City a couple of extra players out wide, which is where I personally thought they needed to strengthen. So so that is a bonus, and 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 probably it does work well to a degree because. It doesn't mean you've got to play these guys straight away. They could come in on the bench and work their way into the team. They do cover for injuries. And given that Bristol City only had eight subs for the game at Luton Town the other week, then, then probably is wise for them to come back. You've also got James Morton and Aura Edwards. But mm-hmm. one thing on those guys, I'm hearing that Edwards might actually go back out on loan again. Mm. So might might just be Morton who, who's involved. Um, who have I forgotten? Who's, Campering. Who else has been Campering. Campering, that's it, yeah. Campering. And um, yeah, I think, did we mention him last week? I think we might have done it. Yeah, we touched, him, I touched him last last week. Yeah, so is he He can play against Portsmouth at the weekend if he wanted to then. It's not It's not like he's... Or is he cup-tied? He's cup-tied. He's ah. cup-tied, unfortunately, right, yeah. Okay. Played in the last two rounds for them. So, so lots back through the door. Um, and anyone coming in on the transfer market, do you think? I don't think so. From everything we're hearing, we're not expecting Bristol City to do any business. And Dean Holden hinted at that himself, actually, after the Luton Town game. He meant he said that he thought it would be a quiet window for a lot of clubs because of the COVID situation. And, and somebody made this a good point to me last night, actually, that Bristol City recalling all these players will have a financial impact as well because they will have to pick up the wages for the Palmer and everybody else mm. and, and campering and, and some of these are quite substantial amounts so so they are spending money there bringing these guys back um, but I don't expect them to go out into the market and spend any money necessarily the only thing I would say is that and Dean Holden has said this himself that the club is open-minded and that if the right opportunity came up then they would investigate it and that might mean 
that they do what they've done in the last couple of windows and say somebody came in for one of their better players offering a decent transfer fee and and just to add into that Adam Nagy has been linked with CSKA Moscow this week so he's one that could could be worth keeping an eye on yeah um, if, okay. if, if that did happen and they did get a decent fee for him then maybe they would reinvest it on a, another player coming in. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Um, so <laughs> we don't know if Portsmouth is going ahead at the weekend because we haven't yet heard from Dean Holden and you will be doing that this week. But if Portsmouth does go ahead at the weekend, what sort of side would you expect Holden to put out? Well, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm hopeful that the game's going to go on. We, we've got, after this, we've got a um, pre-match press conference with Dean Holden and Antoine Semenyo. So that that's hopefully an indicator that that the match is going to go ahead. But yeah, you're right. I, I suppose it probably will come down to all the testing that they've got to do, etc. It's going to be interesting to see if, if they've had the training grounds open the last few days. I, I assume they have done, but we'll get confirmation on that later. But but yeah, in terms of the team for this weekend, I think it'll go strong because they haven't got um, a game until the 16th, have they, against Preston at home after this one and and they need results at the moment and, and it is a great opportunity to get through to the fourth round so yeah I'm expecting his strongest side which would include um, Semenya and Backinson who've been brilliant this season and hopefully Zach Viner Jack yeah. Hunt if his heels up he got he had that horrendous gash from the um, mm. from Adebayo Akinfenworth standing on him uh, in the Wiccan game yeah, that's quite quite a load on his foot, I think. Yeah. And, and yeah, he's he's obviously recovering uh, from that. And that's why he had to go off, actually, against Luton Town, because uh, Adrian Mariapa came on, didn't he, uh, yep. for the yep. final few minutes there. But So, yeah, I, I, I think they'll go strong. OK. And uh, just to touch on the uh, COVID testing once again, we'll round off on that. Uh, clubs are taking tests on in on an individual basis, Gregor. They're not collated like the Premier League. So we literally have to look out for daily updates from the clubs. <laughs> Surely there's a better way of doing it than that, because postponements could be really late in the day, couldn't they? They could. We've had a couple of matches, haven't we, in the Premier League, where matches were called off literally hours before kickoff. I'm thinking of the Fulham one, basically. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a strange situation. I wonder if they might revisit that. I saw the EFL have um, published uh, a list of FAQs, which is on their website if anybody is interested and wants to see what the exact rulings are at the moment. And you can find all that information on there. Yeah, just one other thing with, with Bristol City. I know that um, you're right. Each club is different and has done their own protocols before this point. And one thing about Bristol City is they've continually used two buses to travel to games to minimise, well, to maximise social distancing and, and minimise the close contact between players. And not every club has done that. Mm. And likewise, it, I'm not sure if this is the same for you but when I go to clubs it's always different rules on how you speak to the players and managers after the game sometimes you are down there um, by the side of the pitch even yeah although I'm not sure that will be the case from now um, other times it's virtual press conferences but I also think that sometimes when we go down by the side of the pitch and I know you've noticed this too I don't think it's on that people come and huddle around. Like when we're doing it, sometimes at, not at championship grounds, but League One, League Two, the local press or other press come and like huddle by you. It's like, what are you doing? You know, we all need to just to 
stick to what we're told at the moment and hopefully, fingers crossed, we will get out of this mess. And I saw someone say, actually, oh, why don't clubs just buy the vaccine and get vaccinated? But it's not quite that simple, is it? And obviously those vaccines need to go to those who need it most first, although I'm not privy to how it all works. Well, um, it was weird not to talk about a match today, Gregor, but... Um, Hey, it, it is what it is. These are the times we live in and hopefully we can reflect on Portsmouth at the weekend and Portsmouth themselves, I'm sure, will be fielding a very strong team considering you know, they're going to want to press on in the FA Cup and they've had a decent season so far, haven't they? Uh, recently beat Hull and that was 2-0 that game and they've had a bit of a break as well, haven't they, due to um, postponements and, and what have you. So do you think they'll be fresh, Gregor? Or do you think they might be a little bit rusty? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I think maybe at this time of year, a, a bit of both, because it's a bit like having the winter break, isn't it? Mm. In, the, in some regards, which we had a, a year ago, didn't we? It was all factored in the top of it under the game anyway. Um, so, yeah, I s- we could see basically a, a lot of freshness on the pitch, but then just the odd heavy touch here and there where, where some players just haven't. Yeah, I've lost um, touch of the ball a little bit. Mm, that's that sharpness, yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, well. Mm. All right, well, good to speak to you, Gregor. Who knows, by the time you're listening, if you're thinking, what have they just talked about? Things could have changed again. It's a very fluid situation. But we'll be back next week. All being well, um, we will hopefully be reflecting on the Portsmouth game and the FA Cup result. And by them, if they progress, maybe a nice fourth round draw. Or if they lose, we'll assess that as well. And then we'll look ahead to Preston the next Saturday as well. Thanks, Gregor. And thank you for listening. And if you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review us. Robins at the gate. With who knows wins. This is not betting as you know it. Download the app now and start playing. Please subscribe and review us wherever you get your podcasts.